Welcome to The Ripening, a spiritual director's thoughts on being and becoming. In this space, you'll hear short reflections from me, a spiritual director, one-on-one interviews with other spiritual directors, and some thematic panel conversations looking at some of the biggest questions in life and how spiritual direction holds space there. I'm your host, Karen Hibner. I'm a spiritual director, experimental photographer, and sound engineer in Denver, Colorado. Thanks for joining me. Today I'm chatting with my friend and spiritual director, Bobby Morell. Bobby practices spiritual direction in creative ways here in Denver, Colorado. She brings her counseling and botany backgrounds to the table in specific ways she practices. I've gotten the privilege of knowing Bobby for a few years now through our shared workspace and through other projects. Let's jump in. Bobby Morrell, thanks for joining me today. Hello, good to be here. <laughs> yeah, in our little uh, warm booth. Indeed. Um, Bobby, I call you a spiritual director. You do? Do you call yourself a <laughs> spiritual director? I do, at least it says that on my business card. Um, but I also call myself like spiritual companion. And uh, a lot of what I do is not formal spiritual direction. It's not somebody comes and says, I want to be, I want to, I want you to be my director. Yeah. And so it's a lot more informal than that, which fits with the spiritual presence. Nice. So then when people ask you, if you say I'm a spiritual director or a spiritual companion or whatever you use at that time. Or spiritual presence. Or spiritual whatever. presence. Um, how do you describe what you do? Um, I say that uh, that uh, together we will work or look at what it means to have a direct experience of God. Mm. Um, and it's going to be focused on... Uh, a, you know, whoever's coming in, it's not my journey. It's not my relationship with God. It's about theirs. And I'm just here to ask questions, facilitate, yeah, um, offer some possible practices if they want, or discuss. Sometimes people, sometimes you just need to hear yourself talk to someone. And then you don't feel like you're just talking to God and into the empty air. Yeah, totally. So mm, that's cool. So then is your is your practice distinctly Christian? Um it's based on the Christian um uh uh traditions. That's the word I'm looking for. Based on the Christian traditions and uh, primarily the work of the desert mystics. Yeah. Um and also Saint Francis. Very cool. Um because of course the other main thread of what I do is the involvement of nature. Mm. And uh, doing a lot of contemplative, like a contemplative hike, which is like, here we are, pay attention to the details, absorb where you are, um, and find the divine there. Yeah, that's very cool. And what a cool place to do that in Colorado. I know. Do you think you could do it anywhere else? It is possible to do it. um, Because I can see, I I lived for a long time, my early adulthood in Iowa, where I walked up and down cornfields. They're not quite as glamorous, but it it can be done. Yeah. For instance, you know, I mean, 
it could be very contemplative to lay in a, on a hot July night to lay in the cornfield and you can hear the corn grow. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah, right? Like the leaves rustling against each other, that yeah. kind of thing? Yeah, the oh, leaves rustle. That's so neat. That is, I don't have any experience with that. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I come from Texas and nope. the city of Texas. My husband, though, is from Nebraska, so maybe he's witnessed that. Um, very cool. So I love that there's this um, nature dynamic and there's something else you bring to the table as far as mm-hmm. um, getting to experience God outside of maybe a four-walled room. Yeah, because a lot of it has to do with um, one of the best ways to get in touch with the divine, oddly enough, is to get in touch with our own bodies uh, yeah. and our own environments. So if there's, you, you get your senses going, it's just like, what does this pine cone feel like? Just feel it and pay attention to feeling it. Mm. What does this, you know, close your eyes. What, do, you know, what do you hear? Do you hear the wind blowing? Do you hear birds singing? Do you hear yeah. a bear coming at you? Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, that definitely. is not contemplative. Right. That's- <laughs> survival mode is different okay time to leave (laughs) yeah for real that's yeah my husband and i we frequent um this park near our house it's a trail system it's sand creek and oh yeah um it's one of i mean we're in aurora there's not a lot of places like this we're not super close to trails we're not on the west side of town where you can be in the foothills right instantly um and so this place has become kind of a little safe haven for Mm -hmm. us and then um wonderful crushed granite trail for us to run our dog on too excellent but we did we did a little grounding moment one day last year when we were there um it was probably early spring or late fall and we just after one of our runs we sat down and we did a like five senses check Mm -hmm. um around what was there and what was happening and, and trying to get in tune and I think I remember that every single time I go to Sand Creek, which is mm-hmm. probably at least three times a week. I think about that experience um, and such a beautiful thing to get to. I mean, you can go through days of hiking and without tapping into that. Mm-hmm. I mean, beauty can arrest you out of anything, right? To mm-hmm. an extent. Mm-hmm. But you have to be noticing. And yeah. and if you're, you're willing to notice and, and listen, it's... I mean, it can just impact you. Yeah, because it's all about yeah. paying attention, which you have to mm-hmm. stop, and you have to pay attention to your surroundings. You have to pay attention to what, you know, because some, some of the things I do, like if it's on a, if it's a more rugged hike, yeah. then part of it is like pay attention to your body. What hurts? Yeah, is it screaming? Where is, is it, it screaming? screaming? <laughs> is it screaming? Or what's uncomfortable? Why yeah. do you think it's uncomfortable? What, you know, just to be aware of where is it? Yeah. And... uh what your body is trying to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Some of my favorite meditations, even, even when you are sitting in a four walled room, mm-hmm. um, is doing just a body, doing a body scan, a body mm-hmm. check to see, get in touch with yourself. And I feel like that's something, um, I mean, this is obviously my own experience in my own life, but I feel like we've lost a little bit in Christianity with there's the separation from the body in in, in in a lot of yes you know the flesh versus the spirit and all of that yeah, the flesh kind of, versus the spirit and yeah. um the embracing of various themes of the enlightenment yes yeah. definitely we've kind of detached from our bodies a little bit or we mm-hmm. look at our bodies as purely sinful whereas there's a way that god speaks to us through our bodies that is really powerful mm-hmm. and very loud if we're listening mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, that's really cool. So can I ask you, um, do you have do you have training in spiritual direction? What does that look like? I actually am a card carrying person. I have a <laughs> I have a, an official certificate. Um, I was like, do we have cards? Like, I, well, I have business cards, <laughs> but no, I, I have an actual certificate in spiritual direction uh, from the Benedictine Spiritual Formation Program, uh, which is taught and led by um, the Sisters of Bennett Hill Monastery in uh, Black Forest area north of Colorado Springs. Very cool. So, yes, they're really, nuns Nuns know how to do this. I'll tell yeah. you. I believe it. So that's very cool. So what led you to that program? How did you find it? I had several friends. Um, many years ago, my friend Phyllis Klein uh, left being the head of the English department at a small college here and went off to be trained and become a spiritual director. And I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then another friend did it um, several years later. And I'm like, I think it's time. Yeah. Because they've been, both of them have been like, you know, you should, you, you should think about doing this. You should think yeah. about doing this. And then finally it's like, it's time. <laughs> so a few years ago I went through the program and got my little certificate. Very cool. And what led you to, this is a longer answer, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. What led you to spiritual direction as a whole? Um, in a way, uh, it's spiritual direction is just a formalization of what I found that I tended to do. Mm. Um, I have back in my dark, deep, dark history, a master's in counseling that I have not really ever used because, um, well, because, and, <laughs> um, and what it, what it has always felt like it's like I want to be I want to see God in someone else I want to see God you know God promised me at one point like stick with me and you know there will be healing there will be adventure there will be whatever and yeah. I was like I want to keep seeing that and I would uh. like to so that like more of that when it is a personal and direct experience of God, it's yeah. like that's I'm I want that to be more widespread. Hmm. Hmm. That's cool. What is the the spiritual background or tapestry to your life overall? And this could be short answer, long answer, whatever you're looking at. <laughs> well, I was thinking when we were talking earlier. My earliest experiences are of living out on the high plains. Yeah. When I um, spent part of my childhood on a farm in eastern Colorado and then moved to western Nebraska. Yeah. <laughs> and so Which I, is basically all the same. It's kind it's of this It's kind like... of a continuum right there. <laughs> and, and it's not Until you get to the sand hills. It's like uh, Well, and I lived right at the foot of the sand hills. Yeah. And uh, and then until you get to Kearney, then it's farm Nebraska as opposed to ranch Nebraska. Yes. But <laughs> details yeah so the I was always like running off and going down we lived about a quarter mile from the North Platte River so I would hang out at the river I would go I, in the middle of winter I would get up super early and I would go hiking uh, in the through the snow around watching watching the uh, uh, river go and it's partially frozen I come up trees that have been cut down by beavers and it was just out in, out in the bush yeah and then I would go home and my mom would say where have you been I thought you were still in bed 
So, <laughs> you know, things like that. Yeah. But um, so nature has always been, that's been my most grounded place. Mm. Um, being on the farm, living in Colorado. My first memories are living in Colorado and going camping in the mountains. Yeah. And that was, that feels like my natural habitat. Yeah. Um, and then as an, um, because of some childhood trauma, uh-huh. I was having difficulty adjusting to college yeah. life um, because I had become so withdrawn. And sure. it's like all of a sudden here I am at a university in the middle of Iowa was surrounded by 25,000 students yeah, <clears throat> plus faculty. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't cope well. Sure. Um, so I wanted to, in the midst of that, um, another guiding, another guiding light for me. Like I always refer to uh, J.R.R. Tolkien as one of my earliest theology instructors. Yeah. Long before I hooked up with any church or any, uh, stri- or even, you know, said, "Oh, maybe I should read the Bible and open it up at Genesis." Yeah. Um, because of that, his clear concepts of light of the light and the dark, the mm. beauty, the magic of the earth and nature and of um, honor and yeah. loyalty to friends and all those sorts of things in the midst of all this terrible blackness because I understood terrible blackness. Yeah. And so what he was saying is, is it doesn't make the blackness go away. Yeah. It helps us fight it. Yeah. And so that was my most constructed theological Mm. background and um, so I, I started uh, hanging out with uh, first I started hanging out with these one friends yeah. uh, and drank a lot then I hung out with these other friends <laughs> who I had formerly been drinking with but she, um, uh, she was trying to trying to get Get so, on the right and narrow. Get, get, get the stuff. <laughs> get the stuff together. Anyway, yeah. anyway, she hung out. Also, she drank. She hung out with us, but then she also hung out with the navigators on campus. Gotcha. There, so. uh, but she was, in fact, a Lutheran. She was Missouri Center Lutheran. But uh, still, you know, it was an interesting combination to kind of come to the Christian faith with. Yeah. Um, because there's this Bible study, Bible study, Bible study, and then the night I became a Christian because somebody prayed the prayer with me. Um, uh, you know, Drew comes over and says, let's go out to the bar to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> let's have margaritas. How funny. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a, just a little, because I never was a very good navigator. So, and in the, in that context, when I was in Iowa, then I worked in, I worked in the cornfields. Yeah. Uh, worked in uh, crop breeding and uh, um, soil fertility. Just, just jolly. Traveled all over the state. Um, so there was that connection to nature. And then I was always, I, what happened with me and nature and the navigators was they said, here's a Bible. Yeah. And I started reading at Genesis, right? And it was just like reading Tolkien. Huh. It was like this epic thing. Genesis, you know, how Genesis, Genesis yeah. goes. And then this creation and then, oh, that was good and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And 
you know, and all the way up through, you know, um, what is it, that one? Anyway, Joshua. Yeah. You know, epic battle. Right. The sun stands still. And, you know, and so I'm like, this is just like Tolkien. Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, only this, this, this could be real. And then I started reading a gospel, started, what did, I can't remember, Matthew, I think. Anyway. Yeah. And dang it, it wasn't the same thing. <laughs> it's like, here's this kind of epic thing happening. Yeah. And if, it must have been Matthew because there's like there's all these signs and wonders and then this baby's yeah. born and <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and it's like, this is a real adventure, huh. a real quest, if you will. Yeah. And as I progress through that, it's like, and I'm being asked to join the fellowship. Yeah. And so that's how I experienced. Beginning, becoming a follower of Christ was wow. becoming a follower of Christ is like yeah it wasn't like pray this prayer and you can get to heaven yeah although that's kind of how it was presented to me sure it, in my mind it was like sign up and we'll have adventures together I want you on my team mm. that's cool and I knew pretty quickly that then that would mean having to deal with stuff sure sure <laughs> so it's like okay I don't know if this might hurt a lot but okay yeah I love the creativity of all of that mm -hmm. like that there is and maybe that like you didn't like you didn't grow up indoctrinated by this structure of of how this happens and how you experience it and how like like almost this structure cadre like this like scaffolding and so you were able to like God met you in, in, too in 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 the storyline that you were following. Um, I feel like that's it's just so creative and whimsical and like yeah and powerful. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking. I, I was thinking uh, when I started reading the Bible. I did. I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want anybody to know I was trying to read the Bible. Right. <clears throat> pride <laughs> whatever i don't know something kidding, right no I, it's just like yeah i don't want the these these weirdo christian types to think i'm like you know right, right. um but i thought but i was thinking well they're all really nice they remember my name and they smile at me a lot and i go that's really weird and <laughs> so i thought what is it about this christian thing it says i wonder if there are any documents i can read about that yeah oh right the Bible. The Bible. Original documents. <laughs> I'm going to do some research. And that's, that's so awesome. I totally, it was totally sprung out of my own. <laughs> of course. Weird, twisted. Yeah. Which you're an Enneagram process. 5, aren't you? I am an yes. Enneagram 5. I have a four wing, mind you, but, <laughs> but I'm definitely a 5. That's very cool. That's very cool. So I'm wondering, um, back to direction directly. Direction directly. Direct direction. Um. What does you say? You say that you don't do formal direction. So what is what is a typical like? What does a typical session look like with you? Um, a lot of times it's kind of what I call incidental. Okay. Uh, I interact with a lot of people at the church that I go to. I go yeah. to House for All Sinners and Saints. Yeah. And uh, it's a matter matter of it has more to do with listening. Mm -hmm. At that point, it's yes. like I'm listening. And letting someone tell their story, if they have, you know, if they want to talk about God things, then cool, I'm there. Um, but it's 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 a, a paying attention to them. Yeah. 
and then at the God and God and the Spirit working through them and me and the whole church and right. the whole world. Right. Cool. So yeah, it's another. It's a different sort of paying attention thing. Yeah. Yeah. Different than so you're not sitting down in a room lighting a candle and yeah. I mean prayer. I do that. I lead centering prayer uh, yeah. at church during Lent uh, before the service and. Um, um, and that's a little, that's kind of more formal, but you know, we don't talk. We just, I set up a little altar area with yeah. a candle. I've got my singing bowl and, yeah. and we just, you know, centering prayer in silence for Beautiful. 15, 20 minutes before the service. Yeah. And, uh, and that's a little more formal. We do it upstairs in the synagogue sanctuary part. So yeah. we have giant, gorgeous Oof. Synagogue stained windows, stained, stained glass. Yeah, I love the windows there too. It's, yeah, they're crowns and it's pinks and blues mm-hmm. and it's just so different than the the church experience that I grew up with. Yeah. Which I mean, they're dealing with distinctly Jewish symbol symbolization yeah. too, mm-hmm. which is just beautiful. But um, yeah, I have yeah, I have I have a question for you. Okay, I know that's not surprising. I'm shocked. Um, everyone, so if there's, if there's like one thing that you could have everyone that you interact with in that space walk away with, what would it be? God is here Mm. and he loves you. Mm. And we can talk about and tell stories and say, this is how we know. This is what he says. Uh, he or she, I'm, I'm yes. quite fluid on that one. Right. Um, the divine universe. Yeah. I'm not stuck on a word, but um, <clears throat> but we are intimately connected to the divine. Yes. And if we live there, then there is life and love. Mm, yeah. And it does make troubles go away, mind you. But Yeah. Oh, but that's it. That's good. That's good. That's my biggest one is love, mm-hmm. that you are loved here and that even you are liked here. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what are you, as far as um, your experience in this space, what are you receiving from being in that space right now? Whether that's about God, about how people work, what what is kind of a bigger discovery through being in the direction space? To be... To be in especially a very specific, focused direction space, you have to be that connected. I mean, you have to yeah. say, you have to be in the place where you are, com- I mean, as much as possible, soaked in, God is here and he loves me. Right. And God is at work and the Holy Spirit moves. Right. And I um, and, and I don't have to do it all. Yes. That's what that boils down to because we all like, oh, I, you know, I have to save this person or oh, I have to, gosh, I yeah. have to help this person do blah, blah, blah. And to do, to do it well, it's like when, when you're kind of in the flow. Yes. Then there, it feels like that. It feels like there's this connection that is bigger than the room we're sitting in. Yeah. Um, or the forest we're standing in, whatever yeah. it is. But because of that intent, the intensity of that connection, and with the God and the Spirit, and, this, and also in this other person. Yeah, mm. I love it. So I am refreshed. 
I might be exhausted, but I am also refreshed. Yes. Yes. So, Bobby, you have a background in not only botany, but also you mentioned your MA in counseling and then also your training in spiritual direction. Do you see those three, all three of those things showing up in the direction space or the space that you set up? Um, I do. And a lot of it is that connection with nature. And then the counseling comes in with the seeing the other and understanding because my whole thing, I'm a five, right? So my whole yeah. thing is I want to understand. Um, I want to understand how I work and what, how I got where I am. I want to, I'm, I'm interested in that in other people. Uh, one of my questions I ask myself a lot of times, I'll see somebody and I'm like, I wonder, I wonder what their story is. The, because actually doing research work in cornfields is very contemplative yeah because <laughs> basically um when i was working in soil fertility for instance um all what we did all summer was to go out to various various fields all over the state and walk up and down and take soil samples so every yep. few feet we'd dig the little tubey thing in and yeah coming out put it and then it was this it was kind of repetitious it was it was uh and it was outside yeah you had corn and you had dreamy. blue sky and you had birds. Yeah, super dreamy. Yeah. And uh, the counseling, because another, another underlying thing of all of those is uh, my writing. Yeah, I want to do writing. And so I like writing about nature and I like writing, you know, telling stories about people. And, and yeah. especially how God gets into stories. Yeah. How he interacts with us in our stories. Mm. Um. And that's, to me, that's pretty much, I could easily say, describe the spiritual direction training in those terms. Yeah. What everything we did is like learning the story or learning that story or being open to other stories. Yeah. And seeing how God works in those stories. Mm. And then, and also nature and sensory and all that. Mm. Yeah. Is your botany background to the point where, can you, do you walk around and recognize like, plant species like is that what it looks like like what is that <laughs> like, i'm so intrigued i'm sorry <laughs> well we That's do like a, a lot funnier of, we, twist but <laughs> no no it, it happens because we do a lot of hiking right so we yeah. hike during wildflower season and and uh you have like latin names popping in your mind i, I i've lost a lot of the latin names <laughs> but i can still i can still usually identify a plant down to the family level because cool. it's like, that. It's like right. oh well that's a member of the brassicaceae and <laughs> <laughs> so cool. And my hiking buddies in the summer, they tease me about things like, well, we'll walk by a plant with a flower, and it goes, and Pam will say, is that a superior ovary? <laughs> and I say, I don't know. I can't see it. <laughs> That's funny. And so it's like, yes, opposite alternate. I still know a lot of the anatomical yeah. things. But, yeah, some of the others are better at the actual names of the flowers. But That's cool. But, yeah, it's still there. And, and those details are also a reflection of God. Hmm. Um, when I was back in school, I could I can draw anything if I can look at it through a microscope. So it's like you pay, that's that's the ultimate in paying attention. Yeah, is looking at cells, looking at tiny little anatomical structures on a plant. Yeah, 
whether the ovary is superior or inferior. Yeah. I mean, if, or if it's one of those middle ones that I can't remember the name of. Nice. <laughs> so it, it that's part of the attention to the details. It's like oh. I inclined that way, and that was very specific training in details. Yeah. Do you feel I'm struck in a way that that how spiritual direction is kind of like that microscope for those details in life? Yeah, yeah. Do you experience that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Not to be a leading question at all. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> well, I hadn't thought of it in that way before, but it's like yeah. that is a very good way of putting it because... Um, you are focusing in on whatever the, your directee or your the person you're companioning, yeah. Whatever's going on in their life, it's yeah. like this is the this is what we're looking at, and we're looking for God in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the common misconceptions of direction is like in my training, we're taught like you can come in and catch up for a little while on like what's going on in life, but you reset the tone and you reset the space mm -hmm. and you dive in and you don't start with a question like, oh, what's going on? Because then it gets so lifey. But I feel like a common misconception with spiritual direction is that everything has to be so spiritual. So, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you're gesturing of, of something yeah, above our something heads. Above, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But in reality, the part of the beauty of spiritual direction is that, no, we're looking at your real life. We're looking at what's happening right now. We're looking at conflict in relationships. We're looking at, you know, those kinds of things to draw out and ask around, like, mm -hmm. what is God doing in you or in this space or mm -hmm. in your life? Because there are these little signs, like the cells that you would see in the microscope. There are these little things that I refer to in, in my space as the golden thread ah. that you watch and you follow mm -hmm. of, of where God is kind of leading or what God has in the space for you or in this mm -hmm. season of life. And yeah, I just feel like there's such a separation of, I feel like people come to me and they're like, Oh, I need to have been sinking really deeply or I'm not going to have anything to talk about. And it's like, no, no, like start with, where you are like I always ask people how their day is going where they've right. been that day like that's gonna set the tone better yeah because where is God but if, if not in our everyday lives exactly especially in relationships with exactly. other people and I'm not interested in a God that's not interested in all of that stuff it would be that doesn't even make sense it doesn't make sense <laughs> it's like that's not what I read right when it I was in there looking sense. at the Bible going what is this it doesn't make sense <laughs> Yeah. So, I hear you. How excited are you for spring? <laughs> spring is good. <laughs> spring I hike is coming. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> um, I hike year round, so. Yeah. I just like weather. Where was your latest? Uh, we went on North Table Mountain this last Sunday. Nice. Just one of my did a favorites. little three mile loop. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. I love to run it because the first half is the worst thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> But then once you get up on the plateau, it's like, oh, mm -hmm. my body's magic. <laughs> yeah. We only hike in the winter uh, because one of my hiking buddies does tax prep. Oh, yeah. So during tax season, the only time she has is Sunday morning and not very much time. So we do North Table Mountain to get that cardio 
an exercise up yes. that steep freaking hill. Oh, man, that hill <laughs> is a nightmare. I know most people listening probably don't know what we're talking about, but it is nearly straight up. It's like doing stairs for... For what, a half a mile? A half it a mile? looks to is me a like a, f- a 45 degree angle. It is up. wild. It's, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's hard to come down too. Yes, it is. If you have bad knees, it is not your hike. Yeah, that's old people. The group, the, the women I hike with were called the badass old ladies. So That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm, very cool. So if people wanted to get in touch with you, how could they do that? Um, I have a website that... Uh, is fairly eclectic as as I am, um, but you can get information there. It's at shadowhorse.org, um, and or you can send me an email at bobby at shadowhorse.org. Perfect. That's great. Awesome. Well, Bobby, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for sitting in this hot booth with me. Oh, thanks for <laughs> thanks for having me. It, it could be hotter. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> in the summer, it will be. We'll see. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Ripening. The voice you hear is Karen Hibner. I'm a spiritual director under Fodder, F-O-D-R, a mental and spiritual wellness brand located in Denver, Colorado. Interested in spiritual direction, counseling, or more of our content? Check out Fodder, F-O-D-R, online.com and follow us on Instagram at F-O-D-R, online.